What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. It's the start of the week. It's Monday morning. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. What's up? Thank you for joining me here on Out of Character. This week, we've got Alexa Bliss on the show, someone who I have wanted to have on the show since the very beginning, but I was waiting until the dark Alexa Bliss stuff went away, didn't want to ruin the mystique or anything. So now we got here on the show and we're going to talk all about it. But before we do that, I want to give a little love to one of the listeners. I always come on here and I ask you guys to leave reviews, to rate the show. And I really appreciate those of you who do. So I want to take a little time out to say, to give back, to give thanks to the people who thanked me and did that in in return. So uh, I want to give love to KJIGG via Apple podcast. They wrote on there saying, I've been listening to this podcast for about a year and change religiously. I love how the guests talk about themselves and the business as people, but don't give spoilers as in some dirt sheet interviews. I generally earn a new respect for the wrestlers and the business as a whole because of this podcast. I strongly urge you to listen if you like to know some of the ins and outs of wrestling. Sans the spoilers. Thank you, Ryan. Clap, 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 clap. Thank you, dude. I really appreciate you saying that. And for those of you who are on here listening, uh, or you're watching, please leave a comment. If you're listening, go leave a review or a rating. It does help out a lot. It helps other people just like you discover this show. All right, I know that's the boring part. Let's get to the fun. Let's get to this week's interview with Alexa Bliss. <laughs> well, since your time is limited, we'll get into this, and I'll start this interview off asking you the same thing I ask everyone else, and that's how much of your real true self is there in the character that you currently play on TV? Currently play? Uh, it's just me right now um you know obviously dark alexa evil alexa was not me but it was so fun i love portraying characters i love getting in that mindset of just a different mentality and a different brain uh but right now it's just me with lily and a doll and i don't really i'm still working on where to go with it i think everyone kind of notices that too that i'm i'm trying but i'm figuring it out slowly but surely well, I think it's hard too. I mean, you you had so much success with what you initially did on the main run. <laughs> for everyone <Yeah>. who's <laughs> for everyone who's watching this, we were just talking before we started recording. She's got a new iPad thing going on and it kind of auto follows her where she goes. So even when she's trying to get centered, you'll see if you're watching on video, it like moves sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But um but you you know, you had okay. so much success with what you were doing on the main roster the first time. The second, you know, the this 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 dark Alexa stuff, you got to really, you know, throw yourself into it, you know, really just go wild with it and just get lost in the character. And now you're coming back and I can see how you're kind of wondering, well, which one of the two am I? Like, what am I doing now? Like, what what is the what is this new thing that I'm going to be doing? I can, that, That's kind of what it feels like from, as a viewer. A hundred percent. And, you know, obviously with what we do, a lot of it is based on like the pitches that we pitch and the characters and we kind of drive that ourselves. And I had, has, have had a lot of ideas as to where to take this character. It's just, you know, in the nature of WWE, it's just kind of whatever comes out on camera, we just have to go for it. So right now it's just me being myself and I've never actually done that on camera. So I think I know it's, I know me and I know Lexi as a person, like I'm boring. I'm boring as hell, and I know I'm not entertaining to watch, but <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you can ask my husband. I'm, like, really bored. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to find a way to marry myself into 
turning it into some kind of character because everyone's always says like your character should be an extension of yourself turned up to like a thousand but that's never been I've never done that in the ring before I've never done that so I think for me right now it's just I'm trying it out seeing how it goes and then if not you'll see me come out one week as something completely different you'll be like what the heck just happened so we'll figure it out it's hard though to find your authentic self and, and portray it on camera I think that a lot of times people don't realize that people who want to act as someone else on TV are doing that because they don't feel comfortable in their own skin and they want to pretend to be someone else on television and, and not be themselves. So it is hard to like find your real self and, and turn it all the way up like that. Oh, a hundred percent. That's why I love portraying the characters because like as a person, as a person, I don't like attention on me as a character. I love it. You know, if I'm performing all these things, I love the attention on me. I love things that have attention, you know, all eyes, and performing in front of large crowds specifically, but me as a person, I hate the attention. I even freaked out the day before our wedding. I told I told my husband, I was like, oh my gosh. He's like, what? And I was like, everyone's gonna be watching me walk down the aisle. I don't like that. Like that's too much attention. He was like, well, that's the point. Like <laughs> Well, it's I, you. you but but I get what you're saying because like I think a lot of people don't like it's it's a it's what you're dealing with is actually a very unique situation where like you like the attention but you don't like the attention which is very conflicting in your head I feel like yeah but that's why I like portraying characters because then it's not really me it's like this mask and then I come out and perform you know in this little persona and then it's not me and it's great so wait okay you think you're boring? Because one of my questions is usually what words would you use to describe your off-screen personality, but you you already kind of described yourself as boring. You find yourself boring? Oh God, so boring. Ryan, I'm so boring. I um, became fun. It's a running joke with our friends that, you know, now that I've met Ryan, everyone that's known me, especially on the roster the last nine, year, nine years, nine years um, that I've been, you know, with NXT, WWE, all that thing, when I started dating Ryan is when I actually started becoming social because I would always just stay home. People would be like, Hey, you want to come out? want to come home, come over. And I'm like, why I'm on the couch watching the office or friends. I'm great. I'm good. I'm very antisocial. So now the joke is now when people see me after how many years I'm like, Hey, I'm fun now. Like I'm sometimes fun. So I'm very boring as a person, but now I'm learning to sometimes be fun and I'm really trying at that. <laughs> That's tough, though. Like, I'm, I think that, you know, it's much like training a, a puppy or something like that. Training yourself is just as difficult. And when you've gotten so set in your ways after you know, 30 years of life, it's really hard to train yourself to get out of it. Like, I'm the same way. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not great at keeping in touch with people because I just, when I'm done working, I'm very focused on work and then relaxing at home with my significant other or my dog. So it's hard to train myself to, like, be more open and talk to people and keep relationships going and not just uh, sequester myself away and watching wrestling at home. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's, that's something that I'm learning to do, especially now being on the road again, full time and trying to establish that work life balance, because now that I've made these friends and now that, you know, I'm sometimes fun, I'm able to uh, kind of balance that a little bit better because now I've made these friendships. And now I'm like, okay, now I actually have to keep up with them. And because, you know, the last eight years, eight, nine years, I didn't have a lot of, you know, friendships or even functional relationships because we're so busy. So now I have to purposely take that time and give that extra effort because now that, you know, 
I used to always be boring and now I'm trying not to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I read all about your wedding and it definitely didn't sound boring. I read the whole people article. It sounded great. Uh, are you still on cloud nine from getting married? Oh yeah. Well, I can't take an ounce of credit for our wedding. Um, Brian and our wedding planner basically planned the entire thing. Um, Ryan, when, as soon as we got engaged, he knows I just don't like a lot of attention. So I was like, I don't want a big wedding. I, I'm good with like just small something, but he's been dreaming of this day his entire life, right? Everyone knew was, this is Ryan's day. Like this is the day he's getting married. So it's going to be so fun and so crazy. And uh, so I told him, I was like, okay, I'll have the big wedding, but you have to plan it. And he was like, done and done. And he planned the entire thing. I literally, luckily, thank God, I just had to tell him like what I like, what I don't like. And he's like, done, whatever you want. Whatever you need, I got it. And he, he did it. He pulled it off. Yeah, to hear you say you started by – you started off saying uh, you wanted a small wedding. And in that article, it said that there was a 360-person guest list, which Ryan <laughs> weeded down from 608 people. So that's a big-ass yeah. wedding. I'm, I, I, that's a lot of people for sure. I that's, that's a lot of attention on you for sure. Like that's not just a small wedding. That's, that's a lot. But it was so fun and like, and I want to do it. I want to do it all over again. It was so fun. I had, it didn't seem like that many people though. When you get there and you get to the wedding and you get to, we actually said hi to everyone. We got to, we attended our cocktail hours. So we got to say hi to everyone and actually enjoy our reception instead of going around table to table being like, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Like that whole thing. We we're like, no, we're enjoying the wedding. We're going to have so much fun. And I didn't even, I didn't even drink at our wedding because I was just having so much fun that I just forgot to, and just, you know, dancing around all the music, living my best, my best married life. And yeah, and we're just so happy and it's the best married life's the best. My fiance and I were planning a wedding, our wedding right now. And, uh, it's, <laughs> thank you. And, uh, that's actually been one of our main discussions so far is like, are we going to drink at the wedding? Cause then you're like, I don't know if you're gonna be like hung over for the next day or like want to just pass out afterwards. So we were definitely, that's been one of the things we've been discussing, but we finally locked down the location, the day we've got it all going. So the, the wheels are in motion, but I, I am in the process of putting a list together and it's very stressful. Like I feel like it, it like, leaving certain people out and you go, well, that person, I haven't talked to them in so long, but then they're going to feel so offended if I didn't, don't invite them to the wedding. And it's just, it's just this whole cycle that keeps repeating. We just went through that. There's so many people and there's, you don't even think about it. There's so many people that you're like, oh, well, I haven't spoken to them for like a year, but I've known them since I was 10. So <laughs> kind of a thing. And you have to, yeah, you have to at least, you have to at least throw the invite, you know? Just, yes. They got to like at least, Toss it out there, you know? Worst thing, they'll send a present, you know, and then you still get an extra gift on, from your registry. Well, so what we did, we did a honeypot. So we did a honeypot, and then everyone, instead of giving us gifts, they just kind of threw in a gift for our honeymoon, and it was Ooh, so fun. And that's we cool. Just, yeah, it was fun, because we have so much stuff. We have way too much stuff. When we moved in together, Ryan and I were like, this is a problem. We have... <laughs> I mean, we've both been living by ourselves for 30 some odd years and we both had enough stuff to just have our own lifestyle. And then when you combine that, oh my gosh, so much stuff. So usually, we're like, we don't need it. Usually the guy loses in that anyways. The guy's stuff gets put away somewhere. The girl's stuff usually, no, that no. didn't happen. 
No. So when I met Brian, I didn't even have time to decorate my own house. I had to, my mom would decorate it when I was on the road and I would come home and say, yeah, I like it. Or no, I don't like it. Like it's cause I just, I was never home. And so when Ryan came in, it was so nice because my house was like decorated with our personalities together. And he decorated the entire house in the matter of three days. Wow. And yeah, he's, he's so on it with everything. And he, uh, our house is very um, unique, especially our Orlando house. You walk in and it looks like a museum because it has all of his music stuff, all my wrestling stuff. We still have a Christmas tree up because he keeps Christmas trees up all year round. Um, and actually in our LA house, we now have our new addition in our LA house, our Christmas tree. Wait, yeah, wait, you, <laughs> you guys have a Christmas tree up all year round? We do. Um, so Ryan loves Christmas, <laughs> loves, loves everything about it. He gets amped for his shows by listening to Christmas music. He just loves it. He loves like the happiness and all the things. And so we, uh, he always has had a Christmas tree up all year round. He's lived in LA for 21 years and yeah, always had a Christmas tree up. And uh, so when we moved to the Orlando house, it was Christmas time. And so we had three trees up. And so there was one in the living room and it just looks so cute. It's a white Christmas tree with like champagne colored ornaments. It just fits. Right. And so he was like, so what are we going to put there? And I was like, don't you always keep your Christmas tree up all year round? He's like, I'm allowed to do that here. And I was like, well, yeah, you can do whatever you want. It's our house. And so we have a Christmas tree up in Orlando. And then now we just got this one yesterday for the LA house to have up all year round. Is yeah, I was, I, my producer had the same question in my ear that I had. Is, is it a, is it a fake tree then that you have all year? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You can keep the tree. I didn't know if maybe he cycles in new ones. I don't know if he like keeps his freshies in there. He likes the I don't know. He likes the Christmas vibe. I don't know. Yeah, well, so we have so we have our Christmas tree, but then we also he just bought yesterday those wood logs that smell like pine and Christmas trees. So it smells like a Christmas tree in our house, but it's not real. It's nice to have someone who. It, like it's nice, especially if you find yourself to be boring. It's nice to have yourself someone who like is is a constant ball of fun to kind of like keep things going. It sounds like he's a very yeah. he's he's a big ball of energy. It sounds like so much energy, but so much fun. I mean, this morning, like he woke me up with breakfast, and he goes, "All right, we're playing Monopoly Deal." Like he always like just likes to play games and just be, you know, fun. Okay. One my one of my best friends who just got married uh, as well. He he introduced me to Monopoly Deal on at his bachelor party. Great game. It's there's one rule of Monopoly Deal. There is no friends in Monopoly Deal because it's a throat game, and it's yeah. Ryan and I we know how each other plays now, so we always just like we let each other get as far as we can in the game, and then cut each other's legs out from each other. And you know what I mean. Yes. It's such a it's such a cutthroat game. Were uh was that performance of Bye 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 impromptu uh, by NSYNC at your wedding? Yes, yes. Um, every performance at our wedding was impromptu. Uh, everyone that was at our wedding that performed just happened to be guests. You know, they were Brian's friends who I've become friends with. Such amazing, great people, and I see them all the time with Brian on the Pop 2K tour that he does. And so they were all just guests at the wedding. We were all hanging out and we kind of, Ryan set up like a little open mic. He just threw it out there for anyone who goes, hey, if anyone wants to perform, like we're going to do an open mic with our 90s, 2000s cover band, uh, Sega Genocide, and they they know all the songs already. And so Chris gets up 
and this is right when we like opened the food for the wedding. Chris gets up on stage and he's like, all right, where's Lance and Joey? We're going to do something fun here. And they started doing, uh, they did bye, bye, bye. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. So I run up to the stage in my big dress. And uh, you know, when you've practiced for a moment your entire life, but not knowing that you're practicing for a moment your entire life. 100% yes. So every sleepover that I ever had when I was little, me and my neighbor Anna would always uh, practice in sync dances. And I didn't know I was training for this moment my entire life, but I'm so glad that I did because they were in the middle of performing. And I'm just standing next to the stage, you know, and Lance gives me one of these. He goes, and normally a normal person would go, oh, this is your, not me. I jumped straight up there. I was like, this is my moment. Here we go. Jumped up there, did the dance. And I was like living my 10 year old's best life. And yeah. I mean, you were basically Justin Timberlake for a moment, you know? basically basically yeah and it was awesome but as soon as it was done i like just jumped off the stage real quick i was like all right and then we're just not gonna talk about what i just did <laughs> well that goes back to what we said in the beginning of like your performer personality loves the attention but when it's back on you the person you're like okay never mind i'm done here bye i'm good i'm good had my fun and my <laughs> <laughs> um okay so i was wondering you know you said that you had been involved in creative and kind of like had a hand and the things that you've done in the past how involved in the creative process were you for your recent return to tv with like not the one now but right before that with the therapy stuff oh so that was a pitch that i had pitched for a very long time um it was originally a different kind of therapy um because i wanted to be kind of taken away at extreme rules and then come back a different version of the dark alexa character um but obviously things change and all that jazz and i had to have surgery so we were like oh perfect amount of time to go away and then give time for extreme rules to settle and then come back in these therapy sessions and they were so much fun i love everyone knows i love acting i love you know performing in that aspect and it's something that i just always feel creatively fulfilled in um and so this was kind of like, for me, my creative outlet, having the most fun I can. And it was so much fun. And we had a good amount of creative control, but Vince was super awesome. And from what I've heard, he sat down for a few hours, wrote it all out and took the vision and made it come to life. What was the, so initially you, cause it seems like the way it felt is like the therapy thing kind of like got the darkness out of you to some degree so that you could come back and be a, ver a similar version of your old self, but still with the Lily doll. Um, your initial pitch, did you want it to make it even darker, like go even deeper down that? I did. I wanted it to go even darker, even deeper. And then I, I had um, Jason come out with a sketch and a prototype of a different version of Lily, which would have been super cool, but um, obviously with creative things always change. And I'm still holding on though, that this new version of Lily can come out one day, but we'll see. Well, how did it feel, you know, being away from wrestling for like six months after that? I mean, that's, that's a, I feel like that's a long time. Like you said, you've been in WWE for like nine years now, six months is a long time. It's, it is a long time, but sometimes you have to step away. So you have to, because we are so fully submerged in, in our jobs 
and you know we have on wrestling is accessible what six days a week in wwe programming and so it's because we have live events nxt raw smackdown um uk tours like everything always going on and then sometimes pay-per-views too and pay-per-views yeah and sometimes you have to step away you have to because there was there was times right before i left after extreme rules where i was so constantly getting my brain going with ideas for the next thing that I wasn't able to sleep. I get, I get so consumed in my work that I have to force myself to step away. So for me, it was really good for me to step away, have a little balance of life, plan my wedding and not feel overwhelmed and then come back with a fresh mind of, okay, so here's what I'm coming back as how do I make, how do I change directions and make this work? And for me, I need that because I, I have a very um, obsessive personality, especially when it comes to, you know, my performance, my work, anything that I am hands-on with. So sometimes I need to take that break and step away. So for me, it was great. It was very refreshing. I needed it. And uh, it was nice to have, six months of life outside of WWE and then learn how to bring that into WWE and get that balance. Did you completely unplug when you were gone? Just kind of like step away from wrestling, kind of like not pay attention to it to help kind of clear the mind. Um, I watched, I watched Raw and SmackDown, but other than that, I didn't, I didn't do anything. Um, I didn't, I didn't know. I just, I, I stepped away. Cause I remember um, there was a, a main roster person that came back to NXT a long time ago um, and told us, we asked him, well, the camera's doing that thing. Yeah. <laughs> it had a good effect to it, though. It worked. I don't know what was happening there, but it kind of is uh, funny. It's funny for effect. I like it. Oh, my gosh. And so he came to NXT and told us, we asked him, you know, what's the secret to longevity? And he said disconnecting. He said, because we all become so consumed with work, it can fry your brain pretty much. You can get overwhelmed. You can get, you know, and your ideas become stale. So he says whenever he's not on the road, he disconnects fully. He doesn't talk about wrestling, doesn't watch wrestling, doesn't work. So you come to work with a clear mind. And that was kind of my mentality for this six months, to disconnect and then come back with a clear mind and kind of close that chapter of the Playground Alexa and open this new chapter of what I am now. And I needed that disconnection to do that. Well, I'm going to reopen those other chapters real fast before you keep them closed. Uh, Before your hiatus, your character went through a pretty wild story arc for a year involving The Fiend. Looking back on it now, how do you feel about the way it all played out? Oh, my gosh. Working with The Fiend, with Wyndham, was the most fun I've ever had in my entire WWE career. He is so brilliant with his creativity and he puts so much effort into his character so much research it made me want to step my game up 100 percent. being like okay well he puts this much thought into his character i need to put twice as much thought in mine um to be able to at least because when you step into someone else's kind of gimmick you don't want to bring it down yep. you only want to elevate it and so I put in so much effort into that and protecting, you know, the character and protecting, you know, when we did the Firefly Funhouse. And it was so fun. 
and I'm very obviously it's it's it it's very sad that we don't work together anymore because it was so much fun and I think the WWE universe saw how much fun we were having. Well, it was very evident as from a viewer standpoint that one, like you said, that you were just throwing yourself into it. Like you really, you could tell that you were like, this may be wildly different than what I had been doing before, but you know, he is such a brilliant mind. You could see that like you wanted to step to his level, like as, as weird and wild and as crazy as what he was doing was, it was clear that you were like, all right, this is a challenge and I want to get on that level regardless of what anyone thinks about it. I jumped fully in the amount of cult documentaries and the amount of just different scary movies and things I would watch. And even, um, so for me, I wanted to kind of have my character have a bit of an identity crisis. And so with that, that's why I kind of reverted to a child's mentality, because I know for me personally, at least like when to like get real, real about it. So when I had my eating disorders, I, it was a traumatic thing for me. And my brain went back to a childlike defense mechanism. And so I kind of took part of that into my character. So I remember thinking like, okay, what did I like watching when I was a child? I liked watching the big comfy couch. And then, so I got the concept of having Lily from the girl from the comfy couch's doll, Molly. And so I took a lot of like my childhood things that I loved and brought that into the character. And then also took a part of the movie, The Orphan, where the girl's like 30 posing as a child and kind of took that into the character as well. So there was a lot of things of my real interests and real things as a child that I actually brought into uh, the Dark Alexa character. See, that's super fascinating to me because I feel like, and I've wanted to get you on, the, I've been wanting to have you on the show to talk to you about this for the, the entire time I've done the show, but I was like, I'm gonna wait till she's not deep in this character and we're we can really talk about it a little bit. I'm not gonna like screw everything up and ruin the 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 magic of it all. But like a lot of times you hear people and like you hear a complaint about stuff or they go, oh, creative this, creative that. But then you hear, you know, people on the show like you who say, like, man, that was a lot of that was me, man. Like I was putting a lot of effort into that. Like I really worked hard on a lot of these things uh, over time to try and form this character. And I find that stuff fascinating. Yeah, and for me it was it was always um it was always too, especially, you know, when The Fiend and I got separated, it was how do I transition this character to make it different than what it was with The Fiend? And I don't know if that came across as well, but I really tried to make it different while also protecting what The Fiend and I had built with our dynamic. And for me, it was a lot of research. It was a lot of um, working with my acting coach and you know, especially for the therapy, it was a lot of working with. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals, to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations, 
or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Things in my past that caused me, you know, trauma and bringing that out in the therapy sessions. That's why, you know, when they bring out Lily, I looked at Lily like it was my pig Larry. And I remember thinking, like, unfortunately, I had to watch Larry pass. So I remember when in therapy, when the therapist brought out Lily for the first time, I envisioned Larry. So like, it was like, if Larry came back to life, what would I say to him? And that was a lot of research and effort and things that also go into the characters that people may or may not realize or understand that we put so much work into it. Yeah, dude, that's a lot of work. Like, that's that's more than I would have expected, to be completely honest with you. Like, I, you know, I think that, have you ever taken acting classes or anything like that? Um, I currently work with Nacho. He is my acting coach. I've worked with him uh, for about two years now. That was something I really wanted to do. I wanted to make sure that I was given the right tools, especially I, I started with my acting coach when I started with The Fiend. Okay, Because good. I wanted to do the character justice. And so, cause it is, it is a very complex character. And I knew that I wasn't able to get to those places to add dimension to the character on my own. So I have been working with an acting coach for over two years now. Well, that's yeah. why I asked. Cause a lot of that, st that makes sense. Cause it's some of that stuff that you were saying right there about Larry, Steve, and, and that, when I took acting class, when I was doing method acting briefly, that's like one of the, the tools they tell you. And one of the things they try and train you to do so that, um, so that you're not necessarily believing what you're doing, like to a full extent, but you can kind of relate and feelings wise and still get there in a different way. Yeah. But also disconnect at the same time, yeah. not submerge into it, but it was so, it was that the firefly fun house, I see the firefly fun house stuff. It was so fun. It was so great. It was, it's definitely a moment in my career that I will cherish the most because that was the most fun I've ever had. And I, and I got to, I got to have a match against Randy Orton and beat him. <laughs> yes. You technically did have a match against Randy Orton beat him. That is true. I made stuff fall from the sky. You know what I mean? Like that was cool. I, I, I made fire come out of my hands. Like it was so cool. <laughs> yeah. So I take it then from you saying that, that you enjoyed getting to lean into all those cinematic elements during the pandemic. Oh my gosh. Who wouldn't want to shoot fire out of their hands? You know what I mean? Who wouldn't want to make stuff fall from the sky and lights flicker? That's so cool. Well, then, 
since you support. <laughs> well, since you enjoyed it so much, then when you see like I think with the Shayna thing, that's what you're talking about there, uh, and making stuff fall. I think the you know there was a mixed online reaction. Do you not really pay attention to that kind of thing? Do you, do you just kind of like hey, I enjoyed it. I was into this. I'm moving on to the next thing. Or do you kind of like see that and you go like, well, that's that's a bummer. I was really into that. It depends. It depends on what it is. So with anything with uh, the Playground Alexa, Lily stuff, there are so many negative comments. So many negative comments from the day I started till even now. Um, people just hate on it so much. But, it, but when I was in that persona, I didn't care because I was having so much fun. And, you know, people were investing because they were buying the Lily dolls. Girls were dressing up as Dark Alexa and guys and girls. And it was, that's what I pay attention to. That's what I pay attention. I don't pay attention a lot to, you know, the negative comments on wrestling Twitter because I feel like there's, you go to Twitter sometimes when you're looking to read negative stuff because I feel like 90% of it's negative. So most of the time I'll like take some of it into consideration, but with that persona, with the dark Alexa, no, cause I was having so much fun and I knew where I was going with it and my vision. And I was, I was having fun and being entertained by it. And the fact that I would resonate with children so much is what made me not really pay attention to the negativity online. Yeah. I, not reading the negativity on, or not paying, not letting the negativity online affect you is very difficult. And like you said, I do agree. I'm starting to understand that you do that as a person. I do seek out the negative comments uh, subconsciously, and it's hard to not do that. And so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough to 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 be able to kind of like just say, well, I think I did a good job. The people I work for say I did a good job. That's all that really matters. So here's the worst part too, because I remember one time my first therapy session. Oh my God, everyone hated it. Everyone, like, not everyone, but that's a little, that's a little, <laughs> but a lot of people hated it. And I was just like, well, let it play out. You know, like I know where it's going. Oh my God, you would have thought that I would have said, I don't even know what, because the backlash I got for that, let it play out. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think the fire stuff and the Shayna stuff, I remember being the, that that was the stuff that people were like blah 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 on the internet, real mad about. But if the roles were reversed and they got to be on TV throwing fire at people, don't tell me they wouldn't. They a hundred percent would. No question. They, they would one hundred percent do if they were it. Given the option to be on TV throw fire at people, make lights flicker, and, like, make people spit up black goo. Don't tell me they wouldn't. They would. And if they had 100,000 <laughs> people afterwards talking crap to them about it, they'd be a little affected if they if they understood what that was yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. But no. Yeah, that's why now I keep my tweets to very much, like, uh, about, like, French fries and, and music and stuff that, you know, I personally – enjoy because there's so much negativity out there i try to just put out a little bit of a little bit of something something you know i'm trying to get nice. better at that too it's it's a process it's a process do you consider yourself a disney adult hard well hold on what's a disney adult i know well, you like know a, i think it's like you know i think it's a very specific thing that people online kind of like target where it's like you're like obsessive about disneyland still as an adult 100 i mean 
my husband and I both, that's where we met. That's where we got engaged. We love Disney. We're both, um, very big Disney. All my tattoos are Disney. Most of my tattoos are Disney. And I love Disney. It was my happy. Well, for me. Okay. So here's the thing. So when I had my eating disorders, right, I was supposed to be put in an inpatient center because I kept relapsing, having all these, um, health issues with my, my organs, my heart, the whole deal. Right. Because when you don't nourish your body, things start to fail. And I remember the doctor told my parents, like, we need to take her into an inpatient place or she's going to die. And so my mom said, just because I didn't want to go in, I just, I said, just take me away from doctors. Cause the deal was to, if I didn't have to stay in the hospital, I had to see at least like four doctors every day. So my mom was like, let us take her away from, she said, we're going to go to Disney for a weekend. And when I went to Disney, that's where I started eating again. Because I felt like I was in a safe, happy place. I wasn't constantly being reminded that I was sick. So for me, Disney is a very healing place. And it means a lot to me. And I just love it so much. I've gone every year since I was three. I've gone to all the Disneys around the world, except for Hong Kong. And I'll own that I'm a Disney adult. I love Disney. Everyone, it, it means something to everyone. And for me, I mean, it's where I met my husband. It's where we got engaged and... It's just so fun. And we always go all the time and I'll, I'll embrace it. I'm a Disney adult. I collect the ears. Most of the stuff. We have Disney castle right there. <laughs> yeah. There. I, I, I'm like, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm somewhere in the middle. Cause I grew up near Disneyland. I grew up uh, in diamond bar, which is like 15 minutes from, from Disneyland. So we had passes, we went all the time. And I, you know, I, I, yeah. I can relate to someone saying it's their happy place. Not in the same way, obviously, but like, of that is you know that, that that catchphrase the happiest place on earth does ring true with a lot of people where it's like no this brings back my best memories of life here so uh i also feel like the contingent of online hate towards disney adults is a little too extreme sometimes i loved I've, i'm very new to disneyland because i've always lived in florida but i'm very new to disneyland but i love it and it's so fun and all the rides are the same but different and that's what i love too and um, actually, last time we went to Disney, uh, it was a whole group of us. It was so fun, but I raced my friend, and I wiped out, and I now have, like, a nice scar right here <laughs> from, like, at Disney. Well, Disneyland, in my opinion, is better only because the, the, the Disney purist in me goes, well, that's Walt's park. Disneyland that's is Walt Disney's it park. So even though it's changed over the years, there's still more remnants of Walt in, in Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say which park's my favorite because then I know Disney Twitter is going to go after me. But, uh, yeah, it's it's if you go for the nostalgia, you have to go to Disneyland. That's, you know, that was Walt's place. His apartment's there where he lived when they built the park. There's so much Walt in Disneyland. And, yeah, I love it. It's great. Since you're dating Ryan, since you're, since you're you, you've got, you know, some pull there and with your celebrity status have you when you've gone to disney stuff disneyland did you get to go to walt's office or anything like that no so i've never really done any of like the the like cool disney stuff like i've been i went to club 33 in orlando one time okay the day engaged but like i've never been able to like do like the vip i've never done like the vip thing i've never done the walt's office or anything like that uh, maybe one day. I know Brian's done it all, but maybe one day I'll I'll talk him into figuring out how we can do that because I would love. And there's like now there's a thing too. I think uh, you can like stay in Walt's apartment or something. I, I there's think, like a. I think so. Yeah. Hey, that's the thing. I think um, so. I think so. 
That'd be cool. That'd be super cool. Johnny Gargano, when he was on the show, told me him and Candace got to do the thing where they walked through Walt's office and it's like put back to like, it's, it's redone to like look exactly like how he had it. And he said it was like one of the coolest things that he's ever done because <laughs> he's also a Disney adult. Okay. If you're not going to sell, if you're not going to tell me, since you've been to almost all the Disney parks, if you're not going to tell me which one the best one is, list the three best rides at Disneyland, according to Alexa Bliss. Disneyland or just Disney Small Disney World? in general. How about that? Disney, any of the parks. Disney parks. Pirates, Pirates in Shanghai is really good. Um, it's not based on the old Pirates. It's based on the movies, but you go through like three big like cinematic domes and it's super cool. Um, Space Mountain at Disneyland, because every time I ride the one at Disney World, I feel like it's going to fall apart. Um, and then I love Aerosmith, so Rock and Roller Coaster, Rock and Roller Coaster, uh, Hollywood Studios, Orlando are my three favorites. Man, I want to go to Shanghai Disney so bad. It seems so cool. It's so cool. It's so, oh, and they have a, they have a Mickey Waffle stand. I don't know how you feel about Mickey Waffles, but they have a Mickey Waffle stand where it's like a house and it looks like it's made of waffles and you just go up and take away Mickey Waffles. Oh, that's so yeah. sick. Not stay at a Disney hotel and have breakfast the next morning. So some, I'll purposely book a room at a Disney hotel so I can go and get Mickey Waffles the next morning because I just love the Mickey Waffles so much. But at Shanghai, you just go up and get Mickey Waffles. It's the best. Oh, that's so sick. Yeah. I, every time I watch like a ride through, yeah, I watch ride throughs. Every time I watch a ride through of a ride at Shanghai, I'm like, whoa, the technology there is insane. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I didn't get to do Tron when I was there. Um, because we had the show and we were running a little late. Uh, everyone knows that in WWE, that if we go to a city where um, there is a Disney, that Mike Rome and I will be late to the show because we are going to Disney first because it was on our bus, all of them. <laughs> and our producers are so nice though. I remember I told Fit Finley, I was like, Fit, there's Disney here. He was like, just be there by this time, I get. And I was like, you're the best. I love you had to tell Fit Finley like, hey, I'm going to be late. Got Disneyland. And he's like, okay, Alexa, I get it. Well, yeah, because everyone knows. That's the thing. I'm that person. Everyone knows. They know that there's a Disney. They're like, we've had like our reps come up and they're like, so are you trying to go to Disney? Because if you are, we need to organize this, this, that. I'm like, yep. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's a known thing. I'll, I'll never miss a show. But I might be like 20 minutes late. It's okay. It's okay. It's only 20 minutes. All right. Well, we've reached the end here, but I like to end every show with a segment that I call the finishing move. There's the lights. Worked good. There we <laughs> go. Uh, we're going to ask you about uh, your signature and your finisher. So who's your favorite superstar to hit the twisted DDT on? Um, the DDT, Rhea Ripley. She always makes it look so good. She's, she's awesome. Uh, did you come up with the name Twisted Bliss or was it someone else? Uh, no. So I remember I was in XT and it was when I had just joined Blake and Murphy and one of the writers came up to me, his name was Joe. And he was like, Hey, so now that you're like a bad guy, like sparkle splash doesn't really sound real, like intimidating, which I didn't even like the name sparkle splash either. But so I was like, okay. And he's like, well, what is it? Like you go up and you, you twist. And I was like, why well, we call it twisted bliss? And he goes, I like that. And then so then it just came up with Twisted Bliss. Easy enough. Sparkle Splash. You don't got to be hard on that name. Sparkle Splash wasn't a bad name. It fit the character. <laughs> you had the, the whole glitter and stuff. It, it fit. 
people, and here's the worst part, people still call it Sparkle Splash. I'm always just like, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, and lastly, what's the most memorable time that you hit your finisher on someone and why? Most memorable time I hit my finisher on someone, probably Money in the Bank, cashed in on Nia Jax for her, uh, in her match against Ronda 2018 because I had won money in the bank and then cashed in that night, became champ. So yeah, probably that's the most memorable one. And that was with the Twisted List. Wow, that's a great segue because, uh, well, this is gonna air on Monday, but we're recording this a few days before Money in the Bank. So good luck at Money in the Bank. We'll see if you can do a repeat. Thank you, I hope so. That'd be awesome. That would, Money in the bank. That would definitely be awesome. I, I'm. And it'd be good for me if I'm promoting this show on Monday as the new Money in the Bank winners on the show. So yeah. fingers crossed for you winning. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great one. I appreciate you doing this today. Thank you. All right. That was my conversation with Alexa Bliss. Super cool. I'm very happy we finally got to do that. I've wanted to talk to her for so long about some of those things. So I'm, I'm glad that we finally got to chat about it. There was a lot of interesting stuff about her dark Alexa character that I think you will find that you found, I hope that you found just as interesting as I did. Before we get out of here, let's get some of this housekeeping out of the way. Go follow the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Excuse me, I gotta use the right terminology here. Go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. If you're listening to this podcast right now, that's where you can watch the podcast every week. Full show on camera with my guest. It premieres every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And then there's clips as well that, are, that get put out. So go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. And if you're already watching on the YouTube channel, hello, you can see me waving at you. What's good? Appreciate you watching this way. But also, I know that you can't always watch things on YouTube. So also pick up the phone because I know it's in your general vicinity. Pick it up and go subscribe to the Add a Character podcast feed. You're going to get this show every week. But on top of that, you're going to get something that you don't get on the YouTube channel. You're going to get raw and SmackDown Roundup podcast. Little short 20 minute, 30 minute podcast where I'm talking about Raw, where I'm talking about SmackDown, segment by segment breakdown where I'm giving my thoughts on everything. So please go subscribe to the Out of Character podcast feed. Do it. And also leave a rating or review if you're there. Very kind of you if you do, I appreciate it. If you didn't like the show, ignore this part. Also go follow WWE on Fox on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, we're all over the place. Go follow us there. You'll find good content. Well, the TikTok page, I'm still working on. I'm trying to get action there. But the more followers I get on that page, the more likely we'll be able to post us. So go follow the WWE on Fox, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. Also, if you're on Twitch, go follow me there. Twitch.tv slash Ryan Satin Streams. I've been doing a bunch of streams on there. Lots of fun stuff that's been happening on my stream. So go check it out. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time. I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now.